Man, pizza. We need a jingle for Christ's sakes. Hold on just a second. That's what's holding us back is a jingle. That's right. <laughs> people need to know when the shenanigans begin. <laughs> they missed our off-air conversation about why we do this podcast. And I was just like, basically, I'm just jerking off my ego. And I'm like, here's some lubricant. Yep, here you go. You know, it's episode 82. I see it on our website. If you didn't know, we had one because we never really talked about it, but it's moonpjugandhobs.com. And then if you want to email us, there's a link right there. Just click it and send us something. I actually heard from a dear old friend of mine, and I had no idea that this person listened to the podcast because I don't ever check that email and nobody ever writes us. Because when I used to spell the email address out, it took a half a day and people lost interest and went somewhere else. Yeah, they fell asleep. They fell asleep. So now uh, I'm just telling you, moonpjugandhobs.com, click the link, email us. And I received one from an old doctor of mine who I was very close with. And we haven't uh, seen each other in over a year. And I would try to get an appointment with her and I couldn't get one. And she's a PA, not an MD. Love this woman. She was the bestest. Next thing you know, somebody said she'd left the clinic. I'm like, well, that sucks. Now I got to have a new doctor. You know how that goes. But she wrote us at moonpjugandhobs.com when she clicked the email link. And there it is. Now we're talking again. And then here's another thing that I want to address. We may have a guest next week. We may. I spoke with this guest via email. I said, would you be interested? Yes. What day would you like to do? I said, can you do it the 12th or the 14th? And I haven't received a response, but this is a very respected guy. And he knows a lot about politics. We're going to talk about politics when he's coming on. Not going to tell you who it is, but maybe you can figure it out. Well, I'm glad you're not going to tell anybody who it is because your ratio of guests that you tease versus guests that actually appear <laughs> is not a great, it's not a no. great batting average. You, there's a lot of people that are definitely maybe coming on <laughs> that, that I think actually maybe peruse Moon P. Jug and Hobbs and they go, you know, I better run this one past my publicist. Somebody had a very good idea. Now, we were going to record two of these podcasts so that we had one in the can, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then over the holidays, we could go ahead and just post that. And then it was uh, the guy that used to hit the button to start our podcast, which we just fired. We're going to miss you, Grant. I'm going to see him in a couple he weeks. He said, oh. I'm sick of your BS is, and, and I'm not doing it anymore. And you said, that's right. You're fired. And he's coming over for football this week. I'm looking forward to seeing him. But uh, so where were we? We were talking about guests and who we could and couldn't get. Uh, I do have another one that I'd like to see if I can pull off. I haven't heard back on this one yet either. Bob Dylan. Sure. Okay. And he didn't show I'm... up to collect his Nobel Peace Prize, but he will absolutely <laughs> honor an agreement via an email connection. What did you send him a LinkedIn? What did no. you, how are you reaching out to old Bobby Dylan? You're like, hey. <laughs> Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. That's how I reached out. There's an email link on there. <laughs> well, there, you know what? There really is a. I thought you were making stuff up about a website. There actually is. I know. There is one. And all of our episodes are there. And I put it on my LinkedIn profile. And I don't know. The reason I wanted to get Bob on is because the other day he had a book signing. He signed a ton of these books and they were going for like 600 bucks a piece. People would put on social media a picture of their Bob Dylan signed book 
And then somebody else that had bought one said, well, wait a minute, that signature sure looks a lot like my signature. And then a whole bunch of people started saying, well, wait a minute, we paid 600 bucks for Bob to sign these. These are auto signed. So he didn't sign them really. And then he had to go on Facebook. Imagine Bob Dylan apologizing on Facebook. Uh, and he, he said, you know, because he's had some vertigo issues and there was the pandemic and there was this and there was that. It made signing all the books by hand too much work. Okay. And so then he auto filled his signature in for 600 bucks a whack. I mean, if I found out that I had paid 600 bucks for a signed book, I really want it to be the real deal. Uh, a lot of times when you get an autographed piece of memorabilia, there will be what's called a certificate of authenticity. Here's what I would like to say about Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is an asshole. And I'm going to explain <laughs> why I think that. Okay. This is not just, you know, a random opinion. His songs are cool. I've enjoyed like rainy day women is absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that song that being, and actually I don't even know if it was originally his, but I think it is anyway. It doesn't matter. He in the documentary about him, one of the things they went and interviewed people that he played with in the early days and how he kind of began in Northern Minnesota and how he started branching out. And apparently he was very fond. If he went to your house and you had a record and you, and he listened to it and he liked it, he'd take it. Wow. He stole all the time. And they even joked about like, he will steal it. And they all confirmed this. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds, that, that sounds about right. He would just like, joink. And, you know, this is way before he was famous, way before any of that. And to me, that always kind of tells you what your character is. And so there's always been things about him that have been kind of like, he's just kind of a jerk. And so this doesn't surprise me at all that he's so self-important that that's good enough. You know, last night I watched Howard Stern's interview with Bruce Springsteen. Oh, my God. OK, I started it, didn't finish, saw the first 25 minutes or so. Okay. I'm an hour and a half in. Okay. He talks a lot about Bob Dylan, you know, and how, yeah. you know, they were songwriters, mm -hmm. you know, Springsteen's been around a long time. Howard Stern, honest to God, is the best interviewer ever. He gets people to open up and talk about stuff that they would never talk with anybody else about. And I think actually at some point, Howard, like, you know, almost every celebrity in the world, Howard had said something horrible about, and I think Bruce didn't want to go on the air with him because there were things that were said or whatever. They set all that aside. They're older, more mature. It's a great bunch of uh, conversation going on. Bruce plays the keyboards. He plays, you know, portions and snippets of songs. He talks about his Broadway show, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that on Netflix, that is two hours. He did 200 two-hour shows on Broadway. And all it is, is the story of his life. I had no idea this man was that good of a storyteller. I mean, absolute great stuff to watch. And another bummer, speaking of music, what about Christine McVie dying from Fleetwood Mac? I saw that. I've been on a social media diet, as I've told you about. and But I live downtown St. Paul, and they have the news ticker along on the, uh, the NPR building. And it said Christine McVie died. And I was at 79, I think it was. And I was like, oh, shit. I really loved Stevie Nicks, but she kind of overshadowed Christine McVie in a lot of ways in Fleetwood Mac. But Christine McVie, really, really interesting and beautiful voice and wrote 
several of their biggest hits on that Rumors album. You know, it didn't say what she died of. It was after a short illness. And then I tell mm-hmm. my wife, God, I hope my illness is short, short. I wanted it to be in a motorcycle accident, ah. right? I could get hit. On, <laughs> we, can, we can totally make it look like that's what happened. Can you imagine the trauma you would inflict on some poor person? <laughs> just, just some poor waitress coming home from a double, just exhausted. I hit a man in a wheelchair. Ooh, here's another uh, person that got hit in a car crash. You hear Jay Leno? After his face got burned, he was going to go to a, uh, the Hermosa Beach Comedy Club, where he goes all the time and always works on stuff. And on his way to his very first act, he gets into a car crash with a cop. Oh, with a cop? With, with a cop. What dad joke would you make out of that? He has bad... Bad karma. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Did you take edibles before the show, dude? How high are you right now? Maybe. 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 (laughs) You know who Drake is? Yes, I know who Drake is. You know something about Drake that not that many people know? Hmm. He's a toilet connoisseur. He gets very high priced toilets. Mm. And he has been giving them away to his friends because he thinks that they should experience these 80,000 thousand dollar toilets eighty thousand dollar eighty thousand dollar toilets now keep in mind i have a smart bidet 2000 i am not a connoisseur i just like not using paper and there's a lot of work you got to reach all the way back there and you never know if you're going to hit something you don't want to hit 80 grand (laughs) i mean that's an incredible amount of money they always give you the comparison of like, oh, okay, well, how long do you sleep in your bed? Spend more money on your bed because you spend a lot of time in your bed or on your sofa or in your car. You spend a lot of time on the can. I always call it the DPT, the designated pooping time. Don't bother me from 10, 15 to 11. Yeah, when your coffee kicks in. Yep. Have you been out to see any holiday lights? Not yet. I tried. We looked all over. Didn't see any. But that was back in July. Probably a correlation there. But now we have somebody just up the road in Burnsville. And this story made you know the news that there was a guy that was an addict and was trying to stay sober. And during his early sobriety, he found that putting up Christmas lights and doing things like that. And he had an enormous Christmas display. Well, guess what? The neighbor didn't like it dropped off a letter in his mailbox telling him to take it down. And when I lived in Houston, Texas, there was an area called Pecan Grove. It is when you buy a house in this subdivision, in the paperwork, you have to agree to put up Christmas lights. Every house, and there's thousands of houses. Every year, what would that bring? Traffic. Because people want to drive by this whole subdivision, miles and miles of Christmas displays. One of the people that lived there used to work for ABC Disney. They were a developer of characters, Christmas characters, lit, motion activated, all that. Because they had so many people drive by where he had over 30,000 items that were lit and motion uh, activated and all that stuff. He had such big traffic jams, the neighbors couldn't get home. They couldn't get into their driveways. They couldn't park. This yeah. is for, was for blocks. So guess what? A lawsuit occurs 
for this yeah. guy to stop putting up Christmas lights. And it, they ended up making them stop. Mm. But the problem was that was against the bylaws of the subdivision. So it got tied up in court with people that had a lot of money and they probably are still arguing today. Interesting. If emergency services can't get through, that's mm -hmm. a legitimate safety concern. If mm -hmm. you're, if everybody's outside of you're having a medical emergency and then, wow. you know, everybody's not getting out of the way because they've been, their kids have been screaming in the back, throwing snacks at each other going, when are we going to see the lights? And you've been waiting for a half an hour. The, the spirit comes in and out of your mood. The Christmas spirit comes and goes. It does come and go. Didn't you have a story about some kind of an animal attack and Christmas stuff? Yeah, there was a, a dude who he was looking at his ring doorbell and he was wondering or he was uh, looking outside one morning and wondering what had happened to his Christmas display in the front yard. So he went to his ring doorbell and apparently someone was not into Christmas uh, there's a kind of about a two or a three minute video of a bear, a real bear attacking Rudolph <laughs> in a Nevada yard. And I was, you know, I always think of bears as like around here and I've been to Nevada and I've, and I mean, there's woods in that, but I don't really think of them having bears, but apparently they do. And everybody knows these bears in the neighborhood. But, you know, in Ze Zephyr Cove, which I guess is uh, just south of Lake Tahoe. Um, but sad news, Lester wrote, he woke up this morning uh, to Rudolph laying on the ground, unresponsive. No amount of CPR or duct tape could revive him. Wow. So they shared the footage. Apparently the bear visited about 5 a.m. And he showed no interest in any of the other decorations. So clearly there's beef. Where's the beef? Let's talk about what we've been watching. And my son had recommended something that I didn't know anything about. I knew one of the uh, cast, and that was Jonah Hill. And Jonah Hill has just done a documentary with his psychotherapist, who is a psychiatrist, very well educated and a published author. And he thought that when he spoke with this you know, therapist, he'd been given tools to help him deal with different problems he would encounter in his life. And he thought, wow, if other people knew these, they could then use them to help better themselves. And they introduce you to a guy named Stutz, S-T-U-T-Z. You need to learn about this guy and you need to watch this if you believe in psychotherapy at all. They had an hour and a half conversation that was absolutely amazing. The guy is funny. He's smart. He gives practical advice that anybody could use. And he has Parkinson's disease. And I think that Jonah was kind of almost doing this as a homage to the guy. I, you really should watch it. Have you seen it or you heard about it? Yeah. I just finished watching it. I started it the other day, had to stop and revisited it and finished the last 25 minutes or so this morning, actually. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. Jonah Hill does an excellent job of being in the movie, but not being the movie. And he's kind of one of those larger than life type characters 
he he tries not to talk about himself, but what he reveals about what fame was like and that he what it was like getting it early and how it didn't really fix the things that he thought it would. And that's when he started seeking out this gentleman's help about four. I think he said he'd been with them about four or five years. It's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And you never see that. I mean, you'll see high scores. I don't think, you know, I don't don't know if I've ever seen anything over like 98. Uh, Jonah Hill. Did you know what his last real name is? No. Feldstein. Oh, okay. Jonah Hill Feldstein. And he just filed paperwork to drop the Feldstein so he can just be Jonah Hill. You know who Aaron Paul is from Breaking Bad? His real name is Aaron Paul Sturtevant. 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 And he went to court and he dumped the Sturtevant. So maybe it's a new trend. I had to stop watching A Friend of the Family. I was going to ask you if you finished that because I sent you a question about that. Yeah. Were you able to get through that? I couldn't. I just, there's a lot of awful, icky stuff going on. And I know it's based on reality, which is even more freaky. And so I got two episodes in and after the possessed male married 30 something ish guy takes the young daughter uh, by hostage and tries to brainwash her. I stopped. I couldn't do it. She was brought up in the Mormon religion, which, you know, and any really religious, uh, you know, organization has their stuff that's a little bit fantasy like. The idea that there's something outside of them communicating with her isn't that crazy. I guess, given, given the circumstances that she was in anyway, I don't want to give too much away, but it was, what was interesting was, and they kind of skipped it. They, they told it out of order in the sense of when things were revealed, but not in the sense of when they happened, but how this guy manipulates the family is he basically blackmails and gets dirt on both the husband and the wife. He gets the dirt on the husband by asking him a super, super, super crazy favor. And I was going to just ask you, this is a terrible jumping off point, but is there something really, really crazy your friend ever asked you to do? I have had friends ask me to lie for them when they were cheating on their wives. Ooh, that's gross. That's icky. I said, no, I said, I'm not going to do that for you. You know, because usually I was friends with the wife as well. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that just ruin everything? Oh, here's something you can watch that'll probably bring a smile to your face. Almost guarantee it the new season of dead to me it's really good with christina applegate i haven't watched it i see it advertised i haven't watched it i'll give you a little starter two women met at a grief group Mm -hmm. and what they didn't know is one of them had killed the other one's husband oh snap okay and that's the way it starts and it just gets crazy and it but it's funny how can you turn that kind of stuff into funny it's really, really good. And the third season is outstanding. I'm kind of a Christina Applegate fan anyway. She's very funny. And of course, on, you know, Married with Children, we all just thought that she was kind of the ditzy blonde. But Christina Applegate is a great actress and she's very good at comic stuff. I've never really seen her in anything serious. I've kind of only seen her in comedies, but she's she's good at it and holds her own. Um, is, are you bringing up 
uh, uh, killers because we we haven't talked about our favorite killer yet. Which one? Mr. Putin. Oh, Mr. Putin. Yeah. Two, two yeah. questions. You want to do two questions with Putin? I think we should. I got one ready. Do you? Let's hear it. Mr. Putin, do you have a real or a fake Christmas tree? I don't know that he's Christian just because he's communist and they don't really believe in religion. I don't think. I think you asked Google last week about how Putski might celebrate Christmas. And it's actually a celebration of there's a couple of weeks before Christmas. Yes. It's like unity. What is Vladimir Putin's religion? Vladimir Putin was baptized Orthodox church. Putin is reported to regularly attend the important services of the Russian Orthodox church on many main holy days and have a profoundly good relationship with the patriarchs of the Russian church. Okay. Do you know how much he's worth though? As the president died, this is totally an aside. $70 billion. So we used to work for somebody that was worth approximately $3 billion. So that's many, many more times that. Yeah. And if you don't know what a billion dollars is, a billion is a thousand million. It's a thousand millions and he's got 70 of them. Okay. So then here's my question then. Okay. When you go to church on Sunday, how much do you tithe then dude? 70 billion. I mean, is he a cheapskate? Is he the ones who just, does he go in there with like a bunch of singles and then, you know, kind of like mush them up and try to make it look like, like, like put one big bill on the outside, but it's all ones on the inside. Try to make it look like a fat stash or. I'd like to see that. I bet you somebody's put it on YouTube. We'll have to search. My second question for Putin today is, did you ever have a subscription to Playboy mm-hmm. and follow up. Did you keep the magazines or did you discard them? Uh, I remember my first time seeing Playboy magazine and I'm thinking, well, this is nice. <laughs> Where did you well, find it? How did you well, come across your first Playboy? Well, look at that. <laughs> uh, I had a friend that had a dad that had one. Okay. And he took it out of his uh, dad's bedroom and he said, Oh man, you need to see this. My dad has this magazine. I looked at that and I'm like, that girl doesn't have a shirt on. Uh Uh-uh. And I'm like thinking, I'm feeling something stirring. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. I don't mean to sex shame you, but ew. <laughs> and I, I felt something it, stirring in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that awful? You know, and I think everybody at some point time has probably felt that. You get the stirring, and then what are you going to do about that? Because yeah. here I am with my cousin. It's a he's a guy, <laughs> and it is Nebraska. Uh, it is Nebraska. Oh man, uh, let me talk about Nebraska football for a second. That was really, that's a non sequitur, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we were Check in the middle of two questions with Putin, but yes, ask, go on to Nebraska for sure. For sure, <laughs> go on to Nebraska football. Yeah. <laughs> so check this out. We just paid our new coach $72 million. $72 million. He's the same. Make- to get someone to move to Nebraska to coach <laughs> your, your team. Nebraska is not just for everybody, uh-uh. <laughs> but this coach, he's getting 72 million and that's more than like Bill Belichick from the Patriots. I mean, that's insane money. 
And then the guy that's been coaching the team was just arrested because now keep in mind, this guy's been an interim coach for six games. There's a lot of pressure on him to perform because he wants the head coaching job. Well, when they announced the other guy got it for 72 million, he went home and was not in a good mood mm -hmm. and punched and strangled his wife and is currently in jail. Oh, right. And that didn't look good in the news yesterday. Yeah, that's not good. Nope. My guess is he will be terminated immediately. But can you imagine 72 million? Here's here's I'm not trying. I cannot ever defend acts of of domestic violence or abuse. I will say if this guy's had no criminal record before and it truly is an instance when he snapped. Like, what would it take for me to snap at that level? I'm particularly sensitive to someone who's you know, overly optimistic. He just <laughs> lost $72 million and she says something trite, like, you know, when God closes a door, he opens a window and you just, and you just <laughs> snap the f out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those people that are just the, the, the toxic positivity really gets to me. Poly positives might lead you to murder. I can see why that might happen. Yes. We have two cars at the house here. Yeah. B-Jug has a Toyota. I have a Honda. Okay. The list of the top 10 vehicles and how far they will go just came out. Uh, number 10 is a Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Goes 244,000 miles. Then it's the Toyota Avalon, the Honda Ridgeline, the Chevy Tahoe. There's an American made. The Toyota Prius will go 250 grand. The GMC Yukon XL, followed by the Toyota Tundra, Chevy Suburban, Toyota Land Cruiser, and the car that drives the most average mileage of any car driven in America is the Toyota Sequoia, averaging 295,000 miles. I have a Honda Odyssey. It has 90,000 on it, mm -hmm. and I drive it about 1,000 miles a year. I'm going to have that car for a long time. You will. It will be my last car ever. And my wife, who has a phobia about driving, uh, drives 5,000 miles a year. Her car has about the same mileage. So we have cars for the rest of our lives because we have Toyotas and Hondas, and they last forever. How, how many miles does your car have on it? Not that many. I think I'm about 95,000. But oh, I bought it when it was a lease return, and it only had... 25 on it or something when i bought it so it's still relatively low miles i've got a i think someone tried to steal my catalytic converter though i was talking to the guy and gave him my symptoms and he and i and i kind of explained how it's like all of a sudden he's like yeah it's like probably what happened and i can't remember what the name of the part is right now and i feel embarrassed but whatever but basically there is a part underneath on my car that looks similar to what you would expect to be a catalytic converter. It isn't. The catalytic converter is difficult to get at in those vehicles. You can, but it's difficult. People that don't know what they're doing often go and cut off the wrong damn thing. So they don't get the catalytic converter, but now I've got probably between a $600 and a $900 repair that's not covered under insurance. I saw a story online the other day that catalytic converter thefts are so high right now mm -hmm. a, a company has now come up with a box and this box will be mounted around your catalytic converter so you can't cut the damn thing off makes sense remember yeah. the club 
Remember when they came out with the club so people couldn't sure. steal vehicles? But you could. You could easily start. Uh, you could jumpstart. You could just, you know, take the wiring out and jumpstart vehicles. And so they were like, well, we can't disable them and stop that feature because people already know how to do the wiring. We'll just put a club on it and lock it in place so that you the steering wheel is inoperable. So you can start it, but you can't steer it anywhere. I had one. Did you? No, my dad had one though. And oh my God, that was, oh, actually you're just bringing back traumatizing memories. I remember my dad and I, we were, we were somewhere and it was the winter and he lost the, he lost the key to the freaking club <laughs> and we couldn't, we couldn't get home and he couldn't find the key and he was just swearing up a storm. I think we were at Rosedale and. Oh God. It was like in the snow. I know for me, we I once had a Chevy Suburban and it had OnStar, right? So you could call the OnStar people to ask for directions or ask for help or whatever you want. And I remember I was working on the air in Houston and I used to do a thing there, uh, same thing as I did up here called the Moonalog, where I'd write some jokes. Yep. And then I would go to the OnStar person and they'd say, hello, OnStar. And I'd say, hey, you know, I know people call and they ask you for all kinds of help. I need some help figuring out I'm a comedian if these are funny jokes that I should use in my act. And then I would tell the jokes to the OnStar person. I don't know if you really want to give away the secret because there's probably comics who are like, you know, that's not I know he's joking, but that's not bad. That's was not so bad. Much, I, I, I need I need I need to run this past someone. It, it was just like a focus group. Uh you know, it was really fun. Right. And I think people got a kick out of listening to it that because be they fun. wanted to see if you could make the on star person laugh or not. Why didn't you do that when we were working together? That's a good bit. Well, we did something like that here. We just called it the moon log and, you know, I would do a joke and a punchline and then we get a rim shot. And we'd move on and we do three of those. And then eventually uh, I took just one joke and I'd write a joke and then we would text it to people. If they yeah. text the word joke, J O K E to seven, five, six, one, seven, they would then subscribe. And the next thing you know, you'd get these random jokes by text. And a lot of times I would make like the really dirty ones, like on Christmas Eve, I knew people were in church <laughs> and I'd make my really racy ones and I'd send them out. I mean, I would send, and, and we had 8,000 or 9,000 subscribers. Yeah. I remember because I used to send them out. Well, I would, I would, you know, correct the punctuation and then I would send them out. <laughs> I had 123 characters that I could use. That's what it was. And it was hard to write a full joke at 123 characters. It is. It's very hard. Try, try it sometime, man. It's I, tough. I have. Just when you thought Kanye was done, you know, maybe causing trouble for a minute, he's changed his sights. He's not talking about Kim anymore. Did you see that he was invited to go and uh, dine with former President Donald Trump recently at Mar-a-Lago? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And apparently uh, there was kind of a joke. Kanye took the what the invitation, I'm sure, from the president was, you know, in earnest, like, please come to this event. Uh, but Kanye took it as a little bit more of a tongue in cheek type deal and purposely invited that white supremacist. So that's how yeah. that gentleman got into the party. 
and he invited uh you know that that other a, a couple of guys that are super controversial milo guy i can never say his last name big long greek guy name um anyway long story short it was to really kind of punk him and so one of the things is they are starting to tighten security around the former president to make sure that additional guests because they were not on the list the only person who was on was kanye but security was allowed they allowed them through and apparently one person used just their credit card as their form of id and they were wow. like okay good enough so now they're tightening security so that trump doesn't accidentally eat with any more racists while there's cameras you know obviously you yeah. know, there's, there's that but it got me thinking because I mean, that's a sick burn to do to somebody that he used to be kind of friends with and really now has, you know, whatever. But has, has, did you ever have a, a friend or someone, you know, like really punk you, really get you once? I did, actually. Okay. I'll, ne I'll never forget it. I was at work at the radio station and there was a, a camera mounted in the ceiling. And it had never been there before. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking that these, you know, they're listening to what we're talking about while we're off the air. Right. Cause we had talked many times about putting a camera in so that when we do an artist interview or whatever, we could air that on Facebook live. But then, you know, we didn't have the login information to turn the camera on. So I typed a text message to both Stacy and Crisco and I said, Hey, look, there's a camera that's up in the corner. That's never been there before. Be careful what you're saying. And they're like, Oh my God. And both of them were in on it and they started typing, you know, all of these weird things. And, uh, this went on for a while and I'm like, yeah, those rotten bastards, why would they do this to us? And what I didn't know was not only were Stacy and Crisco in on it, my management was in on it. And <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying all this stuff yeah. about the managers and stuff. And the whole thing was planned by all of them. And then I would get a text message finally from my boss on my phone. Oh, so you think I'm a fat bastard, <laughs> right? And I'm like, going, what? And I'm thinking, you sons of bitches. You know, and I went for it for a long time. This went on for over an hour. Yeah, I they actually remember. I remember that day. I was on a the, different show, but I remember hearing about it. Oh, they completely pranked me. And, you know, yeah. Stacy, you were not times. amused. You were you're usually pretty happy go lucky. You were not not uh, amused I, by that. I told him that I was going to get him back and I never did, but I should have. I love the Little River Band. I know that's like most people are listening. You're like, what? Who? What? Anyway, they're a, <laughs> kind of an easy listening band. And I've loved them since, you know, I was a little kid. Anyway, so they play every year at the Medina Ballroom, not far from here. And this is like, oh, my God, like 15 years ago or something like that. It was my birthday and they were going to be in town. And so a bunch of my girlfriends and I decided to go and I get all dressed up and I've got this new top that I just bought, which is bright pink. And I'm just like totally going to in my mind, I'm like a legend and I'm going to stand out in the lights and da, 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 right. And so we get great seating. We're up in the VIP. I'm out dancing my ass off, flipping my hair around, having the best time. and. 
uh, I lost track of my girlfriend for a while. She comes back and she's like, Hey, after the show, I can't believe this. So I was talking to one of the security guys. They said, you can come backstage. They want to meet you. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I'm freaking out like a kid. Right. And yeah super excited i you know i go i check my hair check my makeup i'm like okay mm, mm, mm. we get backstage i'm i'm like just so overwhelmed i'm asking everybody to take pictures um i mean i'm convinced like you know i'm moments away from them saying you know what you should probably join our band and come on the road with us and and dance on stage and i'm thinking you know i'm like you know the, the kids are gonna take you know my my child is gonna take it hard and the husband's gonna not want to deal with it but you know what i gotta do me anyway I leave. I'm floating on air. We're walking back. We had rented a hotel room, which was right across from the venue because we knew we were going to be drinking. And my girlfriend just starts laughing, but like a, not a good laugh, like a maniacal laugh. And I'm like, what is your deal? And she's like, you're just so funny. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm so funny. And she's like, well, you just believe that whole thing. I'm like, what do you mean? I just believe that whole thing. Apparently this asshole decided to tell the security guy that the reason why I was out there dancing all by myself like that in my pink top was because I was a breast cancer survivor. And we had just found out that I was breast cancer free that day. And that's what we were out celebrating. And so the security guy tells the people that are playing in the little river band that basically I'm a make a wish person <laughs> that really wants to meet the band and just beat breast cancer. So that's the only reason why I got asked to go backstage to meet those guys. Oh, I know. Oh, I, I so hook line and sinker. I thought I was killing it on the dance floor. I thought they loved me. You want to talk about bad karma. You don't do cancer jokes. Oh, I know. It was mean. Mean. Whoa. But also, if you knew her, she thought it was hilarious. She's a little <laughs> bit like Beth. She's a little bit like Beth from Yellowstone. She's oh, just kind yeah. of that way. Like, she was like, it was funny to her. To her, it was hilarious. She's like, why are you getting so mad? You got to meet him. Uh, did you and Brian catch up on Yellowstone yet? Yeah, we did. Actually, last night. We just caught up. I don't know where it's going to go. And now to milk even more money out of the Yellowstone uh, family, they've yeah. come up with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And they're going to be do some, they're going to do something called 1923, which yeah. is in the middle of the sequel. Uh, it's actually Yellowstone is the you know matriarch of the uh, trilogy. And then there was the uh, prequel, 1883 yep. and that was faith hill and tim mcgraw and others it was really well done i didn't like it nearly as much as yellowstone uh but i thought that it was kind of leading towards yellowstone could begin well wait a minute we can work even more years in if we do 1923 they're printing money with this thing they are and it's really well done and that's the thing i think they should take that money to the bank because it's that good of programming it's fantastic. I just saw the ads for it and I'm like, no shit on that yeah. lineup for television. And that's what's so interesting. If you think about it, you never saw movie stars do television. That was like death for your career. Like, oh, you're yeah. over. If you used to be a movie star and now you do television, like you're not a star anymore. And that is not the case anymore. Like television, because there's just things you can do in a series you can't do in a movie. You've got more time. 
and you can explore more. But yeah, they basically they they're referring it referring to it now as the Yellowstone universe. So move over Marvel. It's a bunch of white guys <laughs> that are trying to fight environmentalists and uh, um, uh, capitalism and what else? Uh, change. I have been also watching the offer on Paramount Plus, and that's about the making of the movie The Godfather. It's Ooh. really pretty damn good. If you like The Godfather, you will like this. That was the number one movie of the year I was born. The Godfather, yeah. Mario Puzo's The Godfather. Mm, well, the way they cast Marlon Brando and Al Pacino, yeah. I mean, the way that thing was set up, it takes so much to get a movie shot, mm -hmm. uh, including the financing. There's budgets and egos and agents and, you know, producers and... I mean, there's a lot to it. As I watch this and learn more about what it all takes, it's been pretty interesting, and the acting's pretty solid. Uh, you know, it's a, a mafia movie. Is this a dramatization of the making of The Godfather, or is this a documentary of the making of The Godfather? It's not documentary style. It's it's just an entertainment film about how they made The Godfather. Okay. We are so scattered today. I forgot to finish my thought on what we're going to do around the holidays. Ah. Remember, I said that we were going to record two of these podcasts and then play one like in between Christmas and New Year's or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody recommended this and what a brilliant idea and way less work. It's called the best of. And I thought, well, what best of could we replay? I mean, there's reruns on TV every day. I was thinking we could do either Dave Ryan from KDWB. He was a lot of fun to listen to. That was a good interview. I thought Dave Dahl did a wonderful job. We could just do Dave's. Let's just only do Dave's. All of our reruns will be Dave's. Yes. And then we had my financial advisor, Dave Boniface. Are you familiar with the kids in the hall? It was a sketch television series that was in Canadian TV, but. Like in the 90s, a bunch of them, like late 80s, early 90s, uh, you could see them here, kind of. There was a sketch called These Are the Daves I Know. And it was just him going around the neighborhood singing These Are the Daves I Know, I Know, These Are the Daves I Know. Well, there you go. You've just witnessed another episode of Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. Go to the website, moonpjugandhobs.com. Click there on the link to send us an email. Suggest guests that we won't book. You know, come on, bring it. Here we go. Have a nice night. <laughs>